This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung country and we wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. We recognise First Peoples of Australia as the original storytellers of this country and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. You are listening to a semi-precious podcast hosted by uncut and unpolished sisters Amber and Jade. Hello and welcome to episode four. Today in Semi Precious, we're going to be talking about dun, 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 the aging process. Amber, welcome. the aging process. Yeah, this is topical and something that occupies my mind often. Too often? Yeah, and my expense account, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so, one of the questions I was considering was, what does it feel like for me? And it's quite a big question. It's quite an emotional question, I think, because, you know, if you ask me, I just go, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm cool. It's no problem. I think quite honestly, I'm probably in denial. Sometimes I'm ready. Like Sometimes I just want to buy a property in the country. And You're not going to die. What are we, what's the question we're asking? What's it feel like to be aging? To be aging, yeah, mm. I guess to be... But to be aging over 40 because everyone's aging. So like the way someone ages over 30 versus over 40 and then over 50, I suppose once you hit midlife, which in this generation is sort of 40-ish. Yeah, see, that sounds scary. That sounds like I do need the rocking chair in the Mm. country. (laughs) The midlife. The midlife crisis. Little mini existential dilemma. Yeah, so I think I'm sometimes gracefully aging and sometimes kicking and screaming just silently into my pillow Mm. and saying that I'm fine to everybody else. Okay, okay. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack. I'm not the therapist, but I could sort of rebrand this for you. Come on, work it, do it. (laughs) I suppose there's two parts to answering that question, right? There's the emotional part of and the recognition that as you age, and especially once you hit 40 and approach 50, which is I'm much closer to than you, there's there's that question, the fact that you're actually running out of time. Mm-hmm. Then there's the physical, how do I feel about looking different to the first half yes, of my life? Yes, there are definitely those two elements colliding. Mm. Yeah, I think they're both equally terrible. Equally terrifying. Yeah. Well, if you think about how much you actually changed, like I tend to think every two years we sort of change quite a lot. So if I think about my hair or my wardrobe or I tend to go through sort of cycles and if you think about from zero to 20, you would change dramatically every 12 months. Then when you hit maybe 30, it might go to two years or three years, I wonder, like, once you hit 50, do you just change every decade? No, I think you change every minute. Oh. <laughs> it, depends. it depends on how you define change. I think I think between 43 or 42 and 44, I noticed that I physically looked dramatically older. How old are you now? Almost 45. Okay. But it felt like it just happened in a year that I went from being, oh, yeah, 
yeah, look, could be somewhere in your 30s to now like, oh, no, you are definitely mid-40s, mm. sneaking on to late 40s. I'm quite enjoying that because now people think that you're the older sister. Yeah, I don't enjoy that. Mm. It fine. makes me very sad. I'm completely okay with this. Although, um, dear listeners, Jay decided she'd just drop 10 kilos, which is very inconvenient for me. So now, mm. even though my face looks younger, she now has a much hotter body, which is mm. which even my husband's like, wow, she really looks great. You should find out what she does. Like, what's she been doing? <laughs> and I just want to punch him in the face. Yeah, just stop snacking. Mm. I keep saying that and she doesn't. And then every time you turn up, oh, Jade, you just look so great, so great. Yeah, well, if I could just have all of my photos with just from my shoulders down, that would be great. I got those terrible hereditary bags under the eyes from Dad. Thanks, Dad, if you're listening. And you didn't get that and that makes a dramatic difference to how tired and old I look. Yeah, I think kicking and screaming, sometimes I'm okay with it and sometimes I'm not. I think I used to, I guess I, I mean, I've always been a bit vain and always liked, you know, thought I was quite photogenic, whereas now I tend to shy away from photos or I take them and then delete them all. So I think there's this struggle I'm having with accepting the the physicality of aging whilst also really loving elements of being in my mid-40s. Not giving a fuck. And yeah, giving less of a fuck, less definitely. Um, I, I, I did make a note here that I bought a multi, multivitamin the other day. It was on special, you know, right at the end of the aisle. You just sound like that then. I did. It's the puffy eye. <laughs> it was on special. It was on special. It was the end of the aisle and I bought it, but it's for over 50s and I think I might be prematurely aging myself by buying mm. that and it smells awful and I have bright yellow pee all day and if I take it and I haven't eaten, I want to throw up. So I'm really, I'm not sure that it's really for me. No. But I bought sound it. good. And and another thing is, I guess this is in that denial stage, I I recently Googled images of women 45 years old. Don't do that. I know. It was an awful thing to do because all you got was beautiful actresses with Botox. Mm. It, was, it was terrible. Anyway, so what about you? What about me? I think this sounds cliche, but I definitely don't feel – the age that I am. And so I'm constantly trying to look the way I feel, which I know is obviously what lots mm. of people do, right? Mm. They don't want to, they go into denial. So it's become sort of much more of a, a job, like the maintenance. Like we were recently resetting our family budget, which is an exceptionally dull thing to do, but, oh God. but, but mandatory because things, we're getting a little out of control on the spending front mostly for me. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder how that get yeah. out of control. Mostly for me. So, you know, that that goes through the process of, you know, looking at what's coming in and, and what's coming out and it's a reasonably complex um, um, system in our family. We have, you know, three children and um, some investments and, you know, two incomes and anyway, don't bore you with the details, but 
when it came to personal spending, we basically, we have our own accounts and then we have some joint accounts and all of our joint expenses and mortgages, et cetera, and debts and health insurance. does sound like you're boring us with the details, just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's boring <laughs> with the details. Anyway, my point is when it got to spending, I'm like, there is absolutely no way that the budget allocation that we were discussing was going to cut my, I'm like, my hair costs $400, $600 actually because I got hair extensions. That's another episode. Um, oh, God. My nails cost $80. I get them done every three weeks. My moisturizers are quite expensive, although I did recently buy Nivea because I couldn't bring myself to spend $380 on my normal moisturizer. Oh my god! And so this I is why you look younger than me, Nivea. Yeah, <laughs> but I do, I do. I think my point is, um, I am in a privileged enough position that I have available cash to spend it on these sorts of things. Can but you buy me is, some face cream? Because it is expensive. You know, the nails for me are mandatory. Um, I love the way they look. I bite my nails, so I. Now I get SNS, so I can't bite them, and they look beautiful, and, and that they makes do look me beautiful. Happy. My ready nails are a bit of a disgrace. Yeah, I judge you because of that. Do you? Um, yeah, they do look ready. Okay, should She's I show me her nails? And they definitely look ready. Okay. Um, yeah. So between my hair and my face, yeah, it's a lot. And there's a lot of people like that don't have that many. And then they just look old like me, is that what Ooh. you're saying? Yeah, okay, good. Sorry. That's sort of is a comforting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know that I'm going to look like the asshole when I listen to this. <laughs> um, you said that last time, didn't you? I don't really think yeah. I answered your question, actually. I just went into uh, a big ramble. No, you just went into a budgeting rant. I wanted to know how you actually feel about it. And it sounds like you feel pretty okay. I feel pretty okay. I do. I wear makeup most days. But I also feel okay when I don't. Like I don't feel embarrassed going into a shop. I wear makeup because I like the way it looks and I like when I'm wearing nice clothes. I like that the makeup is complimentary. But I'm just as happy really going anywhere. Like I would see any of my friends. I would, you know, duck in to see a client in with no makeup mm. um, and I don't have a problem with doing that. So it's more of a yeah choice. Yeah, and that's a great position to be in. I'm not in that not space. And when I say makeup, really it's just the concealer underneath the eyes and because they are puffy and dark. So I think that's the main issue. The rest of it I'm not too phased about. Well, okay. There's a lot to do. Like I'm looking at your face going, there is a lot to do. <laughs> what does she mean there's a lot to do? <laughs> well, no, I'm sort of looking at your face but thinking about my face because there's no mirror. No, no, but, no. What are you um, saying? There's a lot to do. She's looking at my face and going, holy shit, there's some work to do. There's some work to do. I'm panicking The eyebrows, here. bit thin. Uh, thin? There's giant gaps. There's holes mm. in them. We saw our niece <laughs> yesterday. Uh, the three of us went out for a gin high tea. Very fun. Highly recommend it. Um, the night before an aging podcast, so yeah, not great. It's not good for the ego. She's just so damn beautiful. It doesn't matter mm. what angle. She just looked good from every angle. And I was looking at her eyebrows and they are immaculate. Mm. And there's so much of it. And I said, what did you do to your eyebrows? Did you get them tattooed? Because I'm contemplating doing that. And she said, yes, I had them tattooed five years ago, but now I just got them, what did she say? Laminated. Laminated. Now... I do know what laminated is because I went to a um, 
massage center that does beauty and said, can you laminate my eyebrows? Over the phone, they thought that was a great idea. No problem. Book me in. When I get there, the look of doubt on the woman's face when she realized I had such straggling, non-existent, gappy eyebrows. She's like, are you from the overplucking era? She's like, oh, um, laminating look, let me is explain not for you. <laughs> how laminating works. And basically the crux of that story was you have not enough eyebrows. You have insufficient eyebrows for laminating. So all she could do was sort of dye them to be slightly darker and give them a little brush. Mm. So I'm back on the tattoo train. Back on the tattoo train? Yeah. Yeah, I need to get mine tattooed. Just one less thing to think about. And do frame your eyes. Hmm. Alrighty. I will say, though, just <coughs> I'm not finished on the old ageing thing and I've got a whole podcast. Well, you were it. still looking at my face and saying there's a lot of work to do, still so continue. Um... I will say that sometimes you just I sometimes I go through ruts though where in my head I'm sure I looked the same the previous week but in my head just terrible everything I put on looks terrible makeup can't get it to work I'm just not vibing it yeah I think we all have those days weeks maybe weeks yeah depends on how dry our skin is oily our skin is how allergies how much puffy my face is I feel like when I'm in that spiral, emotionally where that ends is always back to the body and then I'm like, oh, I've eaten too much or I've drunk too much. I haven't looked after my skin. Now I need to get back to Pilates. I haven't done enough steps. And then it usually comes back to the size of my ass. Oh, for a minute I thought it was a, a good tangent as in no. um, it comes back to the things I need to do to care for my body. But no, you were no, just judging. physically just physically feeling mm. rubbish. You see photos of yourself and you're like your chin is just side of your face. Well, you don't have one anymore because you have no chins left. No, just I just look chin. at my puffy eyes mm. and I can't get past I think past you should them. just focus on the chin because you've now got like such defined facial features. <laughs> right, okay. You just need to move so away I think from your eyes. I know, we do need to move away from my eyes. Mm. It's horrifying. Alrighty, so challenging expectations you know, the comparison I think is a real killer and what is terrible is having a sister three years older than you that skin is holding up and doesn't have puffy bags under her eyes. Mm. There's a comparison I have to look at all the time. Well, now I have to look at your skinny weight, so it's equal. Okay, so we're we're cancelling each other out. Yeah, it's a yeah. neutral. Are, are we both just hot? We're neutral, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is a question. Do you still find yourself beautiful? You know, to you, whatever beauty is to you, do you still feel good about yourself? I do in general, but sometimes I really wish I was more comfortable with my body. I think I've always struggled with body issues, Mm -hmm. not being comfortable. And I'm not huge, but I'm not tiny. I'm like a size 14 I'd like to be a size 12. I sometimes fit into a 12, but sometimes I have to get to a 16 because the 14 doesn't fit. But I remember even when I was, I don't know, 17 and I was pretty obsessed with my body and I would get up and do like 300 sit-ups in the morning and like I was just, you know, crazily counting calories, Mm. which is what you did back then in the late 80s, early 90s, run counter calories and ate diet food. 
even then, and I was like tiny, I would have been like a size 10 max. Mm. And I felt the same then, I think, as I do now. Even right. though I wish I was mirror, as fat. Yeah, even though looking in the mirror, <laughs> as I was, I was back then. great. But yeah. I, I think because I've got a, I've always had a bigger frame. So compared to some of my friends that were like tiny little size six to eight with little feet and little shoulders, even though I was really athletic, I always felt quite big. So I've always felt big, and I'd like to be more comfortable with not feeling big. Because then I look at other people in the media and I think it's so great now that we have, we do have better representation. I'd still say like it's like a million miles to go, but yeah. like plus size in this country, honestly. Like it starts at size 12. I'm like plus size. Plus size starting at 12. Like, yeah. that's Come on, people. That is just. And in some instances it's 12 average. to size 20 or something. And it's like, well, mm. there's still a large population that sit outside that size. Mm, for sure. All right, we'll do a whole podcast on body image. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, we're getting distracted. You know, I, I read a meme the other day and I think it's floating around. You would have all read it at some point. I hate this whole women can be sexy at 50 sort of phrase. At what age will society stop demanding that I try and be hot and just let me turn into a swamp witch as nature intended? A swamp witch. A we swamp have been witch. talking about the swamp witch uh-uh. all week. I'm like, I reserve the right to be a swamp witch. Yeah, and, and you said that you can you can be sexy and hot and a swamp witch all in the same week. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Like I, it absolutely infuriates me as a feminist that there's so much expectation. It's got to be a singular point of view. You can either be someone who is always trying really hard and always looking hot, mm. or you have to be the El Natural who doesn't do anything to their body you can't actually just be whatever you want five days a week like super hot one day and then just el natural the next day yeah i i really like that just yeah you don't have to be in one particular box no it can be anything i really love if any of you listen to clementine ford um i follow her i think she's amazing and she Looks pretty hot most of the time. Like she looks amazing. Mm. But then there's other days where she still looks hot. She's just natural hot. So some days she's curled her hair and she's got amazing fiery, you know, hot pink lipstick on and sassy outfit and then the next day she doesn't. And I think that's the way it should be for women, that you can choose to be glammed up for you. And she talks a lot about on going on dates with yourself, just going out to a show or going out to dinner and getting dressed up and feeling amazing and, you know, taking a book or taking a notepad so you can do whatever. But the idea that you can just look sexy and hot for yourself. For yourself. I think I will say that that is one thing that I have noticed about ageing or that's changed the way I perceive that I, you know, when you're younger, 20s, you know, maybe even 30s, there's a sense of, getting dressed up for other, for other women, for other men who is seeing me, who is not seeing me. And I don't have that in the same way. Not saying that I, I don't sometimes, you know, like my conversation last night, how I looked all summery and you all looked all it was wintry. Oh. And I'm like, you know, there were those comparison struggles sometimes. Um, but mostly I get dressed up to feel good for myself. Yeah. 
I was saying to my husband, I love to travel on my own. I really enjoy traveling on my own. And there's something about, you know, dressing up and taking yourself out to dinner or. You know. I enjoy dinner on my own. And I'm not wondering what other people are thinking or whether they're looking at me or whether. I don't care. Do you remember mum's obsession with cosmetics? It definitely framed an approach for me about when you leave the house. So mum and our grandmother both had this sentiment that you just can't leave the house without a full face of makeup. I mean, the strongest um, memory I have of grandma is actually the smell of the face powder. Mm. Remember the smell of that face powder? That's what I kind of remember about her. You leave, made up, done. Yeah, and I think the difference varies. It was probably that they felt she felt like she had to because she didn't have the self-worth without. For mum? Both. Like I wonder if Grandma June, I wonder for her if she felt like she was not, if she wasn't beautiful, what was she? Because she was beautiful. She was definitely beautiful. Or whether that was not even something she questioned or was just the way it was. The way it was. Wish I could ask her. Yeah, wish I could ask her. Oh, I miss her. She was a wonderful woman. She was. I just love the fact that even right before she died, she was still getting her makeup done. So what is it about that? Still getting her makeup and hair done and yet we're challenging this narrative around the necessity and the self-worth and what is the beauty you're the that you see in that the beauty that I see in that is if that's what she loves it's uh-huh. not giving up right it's, like it's still staying connected of, to yeah, herself and her I, life I've always had a rejection to the idea that as you age whatever decade that is that you need to dress your age. Like that makes me want to vomit. Doesn't and that make you want to punch someone? It does. Yes. It's like dress your age. What is that age? If you are 60 and you want to wear a bodycon, there was a time in my life where I would have said, lady, like that's you're a bit mutton dressed up as lamb, inappropriate. Now I'm like, no, that's actually a really chauvinistic idea. And if you are 60 and you want to wear a bodycon, no matter what shape your body is, and that makes you feel good, then you go for then it. Then you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I refuse to age and then be just, I don't know, wearing tracksuit pants or elastic pants with like an embroidered sheep jumper mm. from Kmart. I refuse to be no. millers. You go to Europe and the women, it, there's actually, it's quite age agnostic, the fashion. So women in their 20 can be, 20s are wearing the same thing as women in their 60s or 70s. Mm. So outfits. Well, I went into a shop where I got this the other day that I was talking about, and they have a um, a section called Young Fashion. What? Yeah. What is Young Fashion? Young Fashion. Aspirational. I I don't know. It wasn't kids. It was just Young Fashion. They were just t-shirts and there's some really cool stuff in there. I'm like, well, I don't understand why. Yeah, why we have to be so separate. Yeah, I have noticed. I mean, maybe there should be just stores, good taste and bad taste. Like, <laughs> I could be up for that because <laughs> there's definitely some poor decision making happening. Yeah, it doesn't have to be about but age. Not about age. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay for discrimination just based on taste and style. Yeah, don't don't get us wrong. She's very judgy. <laughs> that is not, not based on age. <laughs> yeah, she's discerningly judgy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, now that we've cleared that up. Yeah, lovely.
You were going to mention the challenging the language with our children and I think you kind of started on that when we were talking about Grandma June and Mum. Thank you for reminding me what my point was. Yeah. So I have a, a daughter and I, it's probably unfair to say I focus more on the language with her but mostly because I feel like A, she would listen more than the two boys but also that it's going to impact her more. But the language around her beauty and her worth coming from the way that she looks. Well, there's just a base expectation that people talk about, girls especially, around how gorgeous they are and look how pretty you look. And and I have lots of conversations with my husband around, let's not do that. Let's talk about her achievements or Let's even be broad about, oh, you really love what you're wearing. I love how you've done your hair, but let's not set expectations that she needs to look pretty yeah, um, exactly. all the time and that that's kind of how where she's going to get her value from. Value from. Because they say me putting on makeup, I've got a, an 8-year-old and almost 12-year-old and and doing my hair and getting dressed up and... I'm very clear even when they get dressed up and they want to put kind of sparkles on. It is for fun. It is to be creative. Like fashion and makeup and jewellery is more about creativity and playfulness. Yeah. And and I'm engaging, I think, with my wardrobe in a bit more of a creative and fun way now than I think I maybe I did a little bit in my 20s, but now even more so I'm like I'm gonna have fun with this I'm not going to step into you know age-defined clothes like you were saying Amber and with my girls I'm like this is about being fun this is about representing a part of your personality or being you know one day you might want to feel a bit more rebellious or a bit more playful or a bit more cheeky or a bit more colorful or and you can express yourself through your clothing and through your makeup and through your hair but it's not to do with your worth or your beauty yeah Uh, do you know what I do struggle with Mm. when the choices are not good taste it's it's sitting in my poor taste bucket that's when I feel like I become me no no no, with my daughter that's where I sort of feel like I become the designer tiger mum yeah you gotta yeah you gotta stop I know that rationally I should be empowering her to make those choices based on what she likes, but like her taste is sometimes really questionable. Yeah, but you you need to you need to ditch that. Of course, she's still at an age, she's only eight, where I'm still actually purchasing her clothes for her. And when she chooses to wear the Kmart leggings that her dad bought her and a mm-hmm. matching Kmart T-shirt that has some terrible slogan on it, versus something adorable that I've bought her. It hurts your soul. From Gorman, it hurts my soul. But you're just going to have to suffer with your hurt soul. Yeah. You did say when I walked in wearing this jumper yesterday, what did you say to me? I said, why do you have such a cool jumper on? Mm. Wasn't offended at all. (laughs) I wasn't. (laughs) Well, it is a cool jumper and it's unexpected to see you in a cool jumper that I would have purchased. Mm. It is. I know you're offended by that. We did have, we've always had a pact and I'm offended that you did not purchase one for me also. Well, I actually went out to buying clothes for my 11-year-old, so I felt guilty buying something for myself anyway. She found nothing even in the young person's section. All right, so we're changing the narrative. Got it. All right, so what are you happier about and what are you less happy about in your 40s? 
Okay. Less happy. Definitely size of body and ability to lose weight. Mm, or the stay. old metabolism. The old metabolism, you know, perimenopausal stage. Rationally, I know when you say I've just stopped snacking. And I actually don't snack a lot, but I just eat at random times and then might eat you know, way too many corn chips with dip when I get home from work because I haven't actually eaten all day. And then Yeah, yours isn't just about snacking. Yours no. is about the structure of your day and the busyness of your life. Mine um, was about snacking, just clearing that up. Snacking is not the solution for everybody. It was my solution. <laughs> it was your solution. So not and happy about like how difficult it is to lose weight and to feel like I'm looking good in my clothes. Am happy that I just don't give as many flying fucks anymore about what other people think. Mm, That's flying a fucks of head south for the winter. Yeah. I, like, like that has to be, for yeah. anyone who's potentially listening under 40, that is something to look forward to. Just wait. It's going so to happen. It's to be embraced. And I don't think like listening to our niece yesterday who's under 30, she's not there. She doesn't even know how beautiful she is. No. She's not appreciating it. Or how badass she is. How? No. Yeah, that's. I think that is like the golden, the glory moment. I appreciate how just amazing you are. Yeah, and also, can I? I mean, this has got nothing to do with beauty, but I do think the older I've gotten, and when I hit forty, the more I just respect and love and admire other women. Oh yeah, just so many amazing women. Yeah, I sat and had lunch with a few women the other day and, yeah, between 45 and 50, and we were talking about that just who cares. I'm just not, I'm not threatened. Oh, this job isn't for me. Okay, I'll move on. You actually didn't fit me. I'm going to interview you. Am I? Are you worthy of me? Yeah. I think the self-worth just shoots up. So even though we're having a, you know, a conversation about some of the vulnerabilities of, you know, these physicalities that do challenges. We're not saying we're perfect, but on a general scale, definitely more confident in who I am. No longer the people pleaser. No longer going to say yes. No, you haven't. But as a people pleaser, it's hard to disrupt that narrative and it feels good to just not care. Maybe I've just sort of grown into my, I don't know, is it like my asshole reputation or... Like the attitude, maybe now that I am over 40, it's like, oh, she's, it's oh. okay for her to be like boss bitch because now she's actually reached that milestone. She actually is a boss bitch. <laughs> and maybe, you know, all of that kind of sassy front you had is now genuine. It's all the way through rather than just protection. Yeah, just, just the outer exoskeleton. You stepped into it. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so anything else that you are happier about or enjoy more? I think the other thing is just, you know, when you, you get over that hump of 40 and you're like, actually, this is not, I've now climbed the ladder to the top of the water slide. That's the first half of my life. Now Whoa. the next half is going actually into the water. Is it like one of those tunnel ones? Because they're scared. I hate the bit. tunnel ones. No, it's an open water slide. It's an open one. Yeah, it's got lots okay. of spirals. Okay, um, I'm not going to like go up the side and over the edge though because that scares me too. No. You I've know, seen a YouTube okay. clip of someone doing that. It didn't look fun. <laughs> no, it's a fun one. It's a fun so, slide good. <laughs> I think what I am trying to say is that the first half of your life is going, there's so much growth, right, mm-hmm. and learning that I think the second half should just be about the fun bit. I have this discussion all the time with it sort of when we were doing our budgeting just to get back to that was like, 
I just yeah, need more fun spending. Budgeting. Yeah, fun right. spending. It's like I didn't work this goddamn fucking hard to then be actually even sitting down with my time thinking about a budget. Like that just hurt my head and my heart. Mm. Like the next bit should be fun and I'm trying really hard to go. I'm not in um, building phase anymore. Yeah. Out of the building phase. I'm now in the enjoyment phase. Speaking to some young couples and I was talking about plan your midweek. Life is not just for the weekend you know, a time through the 30s and early 40s where you just get caught in that grind of work and kids and and you forget to actually live do stuff midweek, even if we're just at home, planning it so you're actually engaging in the enjoyment of living, even if it's just for a few hours in the evening. You've raised a really good point. You have to actually plan fun when you get to over 40. It's not a natural thing. I know we're really digressing off our actual topic, which was all about beauty, but... Well, it's about ageing, you know, beauty, and I think life and quality and... Yeah, you have to schedule the fun in, which is why I'm continually planning holidays. And you have to plan the collapses in as well, remember? No, I don't do that. No. Yeah, I, I told you you have to or they come. But they probably come more if you haven't planned the fun. Have fun. So, fun. Plan the fun, plan the breaks, plan the spontaneous adventures. My husband is amazing at adventure planning and You've and he will it. come up with such adventurous things like jumping off the cliffs the other day with the whole family at four in the afternoon on a relatively cold well, day. It sounded thoroughly unsafe. but And climbing up the rocks with my boobs coming out of my bikini and my hands Why numb. Why were you even wearing a bikini? Because I, I didn't want to wear my rashie because I needed no, no, to no, put no. it on. Why don't you just put some good old-fashioned bathers on? I don't really have like any. Jumping off a rock in a bikini, that was never going to end well. No, they really were falling and out. And you have a large out. rack. That's, it, it's yeah. not like two perky little eggs. Sitting in a bikini. <laughs> yeah. No. no. No, it wasn't. So I think you're actually yeah. just it's more scrambled these days. Yeah. That that was an odd choice. Yeah, it was. Begin. And now that I am, you know, my vision's declining. Thank you, mm. old age. So you're blind with Scrambling. inappropriately sized bikinis, swimwear, mm-hmm. trying to clamber up a rock Whilst freezing as cold. dusk is setting. Yeah. With yeah. sharks yeah. circling below. They were children. Sharks. And children on the rocks. Yeah, mm. it was fun, right? But that's an adventure. That's life. Mm. We got into the car and, I, you know, I do the cold water dips. I really mm. advocate. Can I do, do an episode on it? No, um, we're not doing an episode on cold but water. But my whole body was just tingling with vibrancy and life. And then, like I said, the kids started fighting and sucked all the joy Killed back it. out again. Yeah. But that, again, is another episode. Amber, would you like to ask me what I like or dislike about my 40s sure all oh, right you're on this too and mm-hmm. mm. okay i know i have chatted i care less about what other people think i try and accept my flaws and forgive myself more easily i think you've got more work to do there yeah of course i still think you're too critical well myself. some bloody puffy eyes what can i do i don't know i'm sure there's lots of treatments for puffy eyes yeah, we didn't even scanned. get to talk about botox like how do we forget about that botox right well here yeah. we go i need I- I think you should get Botox or some sort of freezing. Yeah, I didn't even know that freezing thing was a thing. Was a thing, yeah. Apparently it's a thing. But I feel do feel pretty competent in my work and fulfilled by that. I feel like I'm a, yeah, I feel like I am pretty happy with who I am as a person, even though I do struggle with things. 
like everybody. You need to publish a book. I know. I need to finish writing one Mm. book. Which one? I'm not sure. I think the dating one, I still think... Oh my God, there's definitely. Really remember we the have to do an episode on dating because your dating stories are so good. And I've definitely got a few good dating they're stories. They're just going to age me so quickly. <laughs> there's no Tinder. <laughs> oh, well, mine was still. You were online dating, weren't you? Yeah, it was online. It wasn't Tinder, but I, the sentiment was still there. Yeah, write that book. Write that book? Yeah. I think I'm excited about life as a neurodivergent individual, growth, life, challenges. Maybe we'll write one together called Semi Precious. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. If you're giving if me schedule. deadlines. Yeah. If I schedule it, <laughs> she schedules she'll, it. She'll I, finish it. Because I don't want to disappoint you. No, good. No. Semi Precious moments. Your little square is empty, just saying. I know. What I'm hoping is that you'll speak first, and while you're speaking, something will come to mind. You will think of one. Mm. Yeah, mine was a bit lame. It also was on point. So I. I was looking for a tinted moisturiser and still reeling at the fact that I'd bought the multivitamin for 50 plus. When I saw the 50 plus tinted moisturiser, I thought, no, you're not sucking me in again. I'm not prematurely ageing myself by buying a moisturiser for 50 year olds. And then realised it was the UV protection 50 plus. And I bought it. Can I just say tinted moisturiser in general, if you are over even 40, is just a waste of time. I'm wearing one right now. Okay. Definitely a great purchase. Well, it's just so that I I don't have to put on foundation. But you still do. The coverage is not sufficient. But Amber... Do I need the coverage? Do, are you or just saying either that, go, just go hard or don't bother? No, because when you go hard, it, it catches in all your wrinkles. I'd prefer just to have a little tinted moisturiser on. I didn't think you had anything on. So See? that's either a good thing. So what is my complexion for I just you when you were nude? Okay. Well, I've got a tinted moisturiser. Okay. Mm. But I've got to have that UV protection as well. Yeah, no, UV. I'm all up. 50 plus. Got to do the neck too. Do you do your neck? Yes, I do my neck. Okay. It's uh, you know what the thing about actually losing weight when you're older? The neck. No, your neck. skin doesn't bounce back. No, it's the collagen. It's gone. Yeah, the collagen's gone. And mm. I keep buying all of like the collagen and the fish oils and the magnesium and the all of the tablets and then and then forgetting to take them. I just hate the fact that I know what a decollage is now. And that there's dedicated creams. I feel yeah. like that's an ultimate. Don't you remember? Age. Mum was always t- banging on about that. Oh, the V is a problem. I think I went like my whole life with no V, and then just woke up one day and it was there. Anybody listening under thirty, you may not know what the V is. No, you will just Google decollage over forty. Problem. All right, what's yours? Uh, plan didn't work. Can't think of anything. You've done nothing. Of any sort of clumsy or there's just too many. My life is just full of clumsy, ridiculous anecdotes, and then every week I have intent to capture them, capture them in a notes. Do I just need to record our conversations in the evenings? Um, I think you should. You just take notes. Of I'll just take notes. notes to you. Yeah. Okay. Good. Next episode, boss bitch running a business. Some people find the term. Boss bitch offensive. It might work for your industry. Not exactly sure that you it works put that for a counselling practitioner therapist. Yeah, come see me. I'm a boss bitch. So yeah. we want to talk about 
pros and cons of running your own business, my distaste for the word entrepreneur, maybe some things that are unexpected about running a business that you weren't anticipating. Well, if you want to listen to more of our ramblings, please follow and subscribe on your favourite potty platform. Woohoo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Until next time, embrace your uncut and unpolished selves. Bye! Bye. This podcast represents the personal opinions of Amber and Jade. No content should be taken as advice or recommendations. Whilst Jade is a professional counsellor, she will not breach client confidentiality and any therapy anecdotes are based on collective experiences throughout her career, not specific clients.